Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Aspire Pre-Med Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. V, and many of you have requested an episode about the MCAT. So today we have just that. For those of you not yet in the know, perhaps uh, you may be in the beginning of your pre-med journey, the MCAT is a multiple-choice standardized test that nearly all U.S. med schools use as part of their admissions process. It has four sections— Biological and Biochemical Foundations of Living Systems, Chemical and Physical Foundations of Biological Systems, Psychological, Social, and Biological Foundations of Behavior, and Critical Analysis and Reasoning Skills. What you'll notice here is that a lot of the subject matter on this test can derive from many of the pre-med prereq classes that you need for med school. Biology, chemistry, there's biochemistry too, and so on. Anyway, I won't belabor the point because today we're not going to take a look at the subject matter itself. There are a lot of resources available out there to help you learn and practice the content, but what I want to do today is take a bird's eye view on the MCAT and tests like these. We're talking big picture. By the time you get to the point that you're a board-certified physician, you will have taken more major standardized tests than you know what to do with. Most of you will have taken your SAT or ACT, your MCAT, your STEP exams, which is USMLE Step 1, Step 2, Step 3. And when you hear the phrase board certified physician, what that generally means is that part of what you had to do after your residency or your training involves passing a board exam in your field of practice. These are all challenging tests that require a lot of endurance, and they demand a huge investment of time to study for them pushing the limits of both depth and breadth of knowledge. These are generally not tests you could cram for, but rather they usually require a lot of practice in advance. It makes perfect sense why med schools would want to know how well you do on a standardized test, because in many ways, your progression to the next stages of your career might depend on how you do on these future standardized tests, like the ones I mentioned. What I want to share with you today are some insights and observations I picked up on my journey. Some or even all of what I share may not apply to you. So decide for yourself what resonates with you, if anything. The reason I mention this disclaimer is that everyone's approach to these tests is different. We each have unique abilities, learning styles, study habits, and approaches to exams. So observations that might be helpful for me might not be useful to you. And as always, this information is subject to change, so definitely refer to the AAMC for the most up-to-date information. Okay. Now, these musings come from experience having taken and passed all of the tests that I listed above. Also, in what feels like another lifetime before I became a physician, I have years of experience as a tutor, primarily SAT. So, looking back on all of this, you start to pick up on certain universal themes related to this type of standardized testing. And I think keeping this stuff in the back of one's mind in the setting of MCAT studying could be helpful. So let's talk about some of the observations I made. Observation one. The first thing I needed to be mindful of was deciding when to take the MCAT and how to create a schedule and study plan based on this timing. Think about when you're applying and decide the timing based on that. So when you're choosing a test date for your MCAT, depending on how risk-averse you are, some people may want to leave extra time to allow themselves to retake the test if needed, 
as of the recording of this episode, if you look up on the AAMC website, they currently have a section entitled U.S. MCAT Calendar, Scheduling Deadlines, and Score Release Dates. Take a close look at that. It shows, for example, when the tests are offered, when you need to register by, and when the scores are released, which for now looks like about a month after the test date. So, for example, if you're planning on submitting your AMCAS application for med schools in the spring, uh, and hypothetically you decide to take the test on March 11th, according to this website, you'll likely have your results by April 11th. And this may potentially give you a cushion of time to retake the test soon after if that is the right strategy for you. And possibly still have time to get everything in early enough for this application cycle. Now, don't take what I just said as strict advice to take the test on that specific date. I'm just illustrating a hypothetical example of the importance of keeping timing in mind. Some people even take the test and after they get their score, they say, hey, you know what? Realistically, I think I'm going to need much more time to do my best on this test in the future. And what's right for me is to study more and apply next cycle the following year. So when you decide on the right time for you, then it's important to make a study schedule in advance. Now, everyone's different here, but for some people, and, and this applies to me too, I find that sometimes studying for a big test too early puts one at risk for forgetting some of the material by the time you really need to buckle down. In other words, there's probably nothing wrong with studying for the MCAT on an on and off basis two years before you're planning on taking it, if that works for you. But practically speaking, how much will you actually retain doing that? I'm not sure. You know yourself, though. For me, I found that I needed to dedicate time to consistent, nearly daily studying, which allowed for reinforcement and for information to stick. And I find that for a lot of these standardized tests, giving myself three to four months of disciplined study was what I really needed. So if I were planning on taking the test in January, for example, I'd probably start studying somewhere in September or October. And creating a study schedule for me involved three parts. The first involved learning the subject matter of the test, the content review that is, the second part was practicing with questions and learning from them. As an aside, whether you get a question right or wrong, I highly recommend reading and understanding the explanation for each answer choice. You learn so much that way. Sometimes I realized that I got a question right by chance, and it highlighted my need to go back and review even though I got it right. Okay, where were we? Right, the three components of the big picture study schedule I made. So one was reviewing the content, two was practicing and learning from questions, and number three was practicing with full-length exams. And we'll talk about why that's important later on. But overall, you may find it useful to divide your big picture schedule into those three parts. And I'm not saying you necessarily have to divide it equally. I will say I fell into the trap of overstudying the content part, and if I were to go back, I would probably dedicate a greater percentage of my study time to practicing with questions under timed conditions. Now, moving on to the next observation. For those of you who buy or borrow prep books for these tests, 
you'll notice that very often they contain a prologue or an introduction or some kind of leading chapter that talks about what the test is like, what test day looks like, and so on. And I remember I always used to skip that. I was always eager to get straight to the content review and the practice questions and figured, I'll just worry about that later. I saw a lot of my students do that too for their standardized tests, and as test day approached, there was sometimes this confusion about what it was going to actually look like. Now, we want to do everything we can to alleviate any potential test day anxiety, and educating ourselves about the test itself, how the test is structured, when you get breaks and for how long, what am I allowed to bring, and so on, is really helpful. Educating ourselves about things like that helps us to manage our expectations and, believe it or not, could even reduce stress. I encourage everyone to read about what the test day actually involves. The best resource for all of this stuff is on the AAMC website. Check it out and read through everything you can about the MCAT itself. I recommend doing this early and once again as a refresher as you get closer to test day. By the way, there's a fantastic FAQ section there as well. Now, here's another observation. I observed some interesting things with some of my students I used to work with, and this used to happen to me too during my practice. They would do really well for most of the standardized test, but pretty consistently um, get that last bunch of questions wrong on a section. Or I'd see patterns in which they did really well for most of the test, but then got a bunch of things wrong for the remaining 10 to 20% of questions. Often, not always, this suggests that there may be an issue either with timing or with stamina or endurance. The test doesn't care whether you got a question wrong because of lack of knowledge or because you fatigued or ran out of time. A wrong answer is a wrong answer. So the takeaway from this for these students and myself was that not only was it important to know the content proficiently, but we also had to make sure that we optimized our endurance, efficiency, and timing. And how do we get there? Practice, practice, practice under timed conditions. So this is just something to be mindful of. Like I said, many students, myself included, focus a lot of energy on studying the subject matter of the test, which is of course important, but it's also important to practice under timed conditions and when possible with full length exams. The MCAT is a long test. If you take all the breaks, I think it's something like seven and a half hours. And again, if you're listening in the future, these things could change, but the point is it's a long test. <laughs> so your endurance can affect how you do. To get practice with this, the AAMC has low-cost resources that you could purchase, and I believe if you look on their page, free planning and study resources, there may even be a free sample test and free practice exam. As an aside, there's also the fee assistance program that if you qualify, may help offset some of the costs related to the MCAT and applying, so definitely check that out if you're interested. Lastly, another observation I made is that so much of test taking is about learning how to take them. And while we're not going to talk about the subject matter in this episode, one useful strategy for me when taking these exams was to remind myself of what exactly the question was asking of me. So often it's easy when we're nervous or rushing to commit to an answer choice that isn't untrue, but is wrong because it doesn't answer the question. 
So being mindful of that small detail can go a long way. This becomes more and more important as you move along your training, because so often you could get a question uh, that describes the clinical presentation of the patient in great detail, but the question is really asking you, in this case, about a potential side effect of the most likely treatment. And it could be so easy to get swept up in the details and forget what the question was actually asking you. So consider practicing reminding yourself of what's being asked. Anyway, I could honestly talk about this all day. There are so many little pearls we could discuss that could apply to the MCAT. In the interest of time, though, I'm going to stop here. Be sure to check out the AAMC website for the resources we discussed. And by the way, I get this question a lot. At this time, I don't offer MCAT tutoring, but if you've been tuning into the last few episodes, you may know that I do offer one-on-one -on -one pre med support sessions. For MCAT-related support, this could look like um, creating a study schedule, or navigating resources, or even breaking down and understanding our preconceived notions or self-doubt around test-taking. Every student needs something different, so if you're interested in a one-on-one -on -one session, reach out at aspirepremed at gmail.com to schedule a free consultation call, and through that call, you could decide if this is something that you might find useful. Anyway, good luck studying, keep up the great work, and I'll see you next time on Aspire Premed.